Girl, my life is so fun. My hands are so ass. <laughs> ass hands. My, <laughs> that was my favorite mid 2000s webcomic. <laughs> <laughs> That's the intro to the podcast, no context. Absolutely. Um, Everybody and welcome back to another earth-shattering episode of Hot Singles. Uh, with me, as always, is the main host of the program. <laughs> <laughs> you can't bail there. <laughs> it's, we were just talking about it. it's like, oh, I should do the intro this time, and then I immediately I was like, I should undercut myself immediately. <laughs> no, um, uh, no. It's as always. It's uh, Alexis. Hello. And Boo. Hi! Oh, you teeing yourself. Oh, this, so this is why I keep hosting. It's so that I can tee you up for the hi! It's, and, you uh, know, it's, I, I, yeah. can, I can do it myself. I can, I can drive this boat myself. Just watch me. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, watching. I'm watching. Today, we kind of have, um, when I was looking at the two records that we had in front of us here, it's, I, we sort of had like a superposition of, one person's music taste changing with the times, uh, remaining yeah. very, remaining very canny and like slightly ahead of the curve. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, I don't think we're going to be assembling the consumer profile for whoever this is, but it's I think it's safe to say, Alexis, that we both fit whatever profile that yeah. is in our disparate ways. I, I mean, I think you you say that. I think I might end up by the end of the conversation having you know like fully five five property mapped out exactly who this person is (laughs) like demographic Um, info yeah Yeah. absolutely it's or like a fucking like holdings firm that's like uh jonathan pronouns they them loves to shop for product as uh such as (laughs) vinyl and boomcat um today we have uh Two netizen classics. Uh, we're starting off with Jam City's Classical Curves. Uh, Alexis, do you want to kick us off there? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right.
So, um, Jam Six Classical Curves is an album that's kind of become notorious, I think. It's easy, fair enough to say. 2012 record released on Night Slugs, kind of iconic British dance music label. Um, and it might be one of the summative statements of a move that was happening in the early 2010s as dubstep was shifting focus as thought the floor sounds were entering to the UK's vocabulary again, but people were taking these in all sorts of different windy, different directions. So like just preceding this, we have like disclosure and the big deep house boom in British pop music. We have like the, the like cool radio waves being taken over by like Julia Bashmore and like Jacques Green. And like the meeting point of four to the floor forms and British aesthetics and sound design mm -hmm. sort of like, you know, carved out a couple new different lanes in this sort of like amorphous area somewhere between like what was known as post dubstep, which is a horrible name, but it's what we have to use <laughs> and bass music and mm. the even more terrifying what later became known as deconstructed club. Uh, um, gasps yeah it's uh, i where's... think oh sorry yeah you go you 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 know yeah, just like inside here the the video clip of the the entire black and white audience going <gasps> and slamming it's, their own faces it's a put like noises, a yeah. put like a twinkling glass shatter uh as like the crowd <laughs> uh gasps or whatever get like one of the get one of the total freedom uh like horror yeah, screens yeah, yeah. in there exactly <laughs> yeah but we need like deconstructed club scream and then also like broken glass sample noise 17 from a deconstructed club sample pack. And then we'll have circle the square, square the circle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, uh, as for my approach to like the sort of uh, like emergent uh, net music of the the uh, the 2010s, it's I was way more ingrained on the vaporwave side of things. Mm hmm. Uh, which, uh, and it's, I'd never heard of tiny mixtapes at that point. So <laughs> it's, it's, well, it's, I mean, like, it's, uh, like Ferraro, uh, James Ferraro was what I would consider like too out there for me where it's for many people, like he was like the sort of centering nexus, uh, mm -hmm. for, you know, what this sort of, uh, energy was like, it's, you have your, uh, like, uh, Fuck, what's that uh what's that song with the good Vatican vibes? Like it's it's you go like Ferraro yeah. to Vatican vibes. That's a god level music video, by the way. It's if you have I mean, not listened to yeah, that, viewers at home. To be clear, Google, this is Yeah, it's Fatima uh, yeah. Al Kadiri on yeah. um is this on Fate of Mind, the sort of sister label? No, is this is on... a genre experience, I think, is the mm. record. But I I mean just which labeled was this on? Was oh, this on, I have no was... idea. I, I think it was one of Night Slugs or Fate of Mine, but I can't remember which one. Uh, let me, let me, uh, one sec. I'm looking it's, up. I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it wasn't on either of them. Um, wow. It was on Uno, which is a label that I do not recognize the name of, but I've clearly listened to a lot of their music, given it's got, um, like, Arca, Mickey Blanco, and Chino and Moby and people like mm -hmm. that on it. Oh, yeah, absolutely uh, that, like, sect as well. Uh, which yes. I think you could include in, like, the, uh, to, like, bring it back to the point, you can include it in the larger, like, quote unquote, like, moo flow chart of the cultural moment there. Oh, yeah. And uh, Jam City was also <laughs> very much in this in the center of the thing. Uh, the thing I, I, I still think to an extent, I think moo flow charts are kind of cool. 
Um, uh, there's a part of me that like wants I, it's, to- I I dislike the prescriptiveness of it, but it's mm-hmm. I like I like the idea of uh, charting uh, like disparate themes across records and connecting them via association. Yeah, absolutely. There's there's part of me that wishes though that that was like done in language rather than like in you know ninety degree lines on a on a PNG file. Just because it, like, it's you the, have to understand that to- mutants are so stupid. You have to they understand are. that. They are, and like none of them are going to like get when I say like, but the dialectic. <laughs> no, and, they'll probably and, it's they'll get it. They'll probably just call you a slur. Yeah, um, that's hell. I'll call yeah. you a slur. Uh, I'll be anytime. <laughs> Hot singles. I'll call you a slur. But <laughs> boo, do you remember the sorts of things we used to describe this music podcast back in the day? <laughs> <laughs> um. Um, no, it's classical. I will, curves I will was, just. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I will just insert the sidebar. I was thinking of the Desert Strike EP, also by Fatima Al Qadiri, from a yeah. year later, which is on Fate to Mind. That's what yes. I was getting confused between. No, uh, so it's uh, Jam Seed was always sort of outside reach, but I remember it's the uh, the cover would always be posted in like uh, vaporwave circles and stuff. Yeah. Um, Fucking. Do you want to just do the cover watch then? Because like, yeah, this, this cover well, like. Is All part of the thing that it's doing really, really firmly. Yeah, and it's. I I think it's uh this this designed by uh Jam City and uh uh Bok Bok of Night Slugs. I don't know if they like they did uh like posing in like three D for it or whatever, or if they just took like a stock image that they thought was fire, or, but it's it's the ambiguity of like celebrating a image without context uh that was like so huge for um you know the that like emergent like post c-punk net art thing that was going yeah, on yeah, yeah um like it's you would see uh you'd see like render tests of like cl- like uh like shimmering cloths falling onto like grids or whatever uh like poser 3d models interacting or like having sex or whatever um but it's like also like with a focus on lighting to make things feel uh, uniquely staged and I don't want to say uncanny, but there's there's certainly like an off kilterness, uh, like an otherworldly off kilterness to this. It's it's not kitschy or anything, but it's there's like a there's almost like a like a very like uh, like lush story being told here. Yeah. Um, so and just just like I think it's worth dwelling a bit on the the visual art side of things. So mm-hmm. one of the people that I was so just like on the vaporwave side, we have some like very famous videos around like Black Banshee, Blank Banshee even, and like m- completely digital and like old CG as being like one of the important reference points for like where vaporwave was digging out its musical like like aesthetics from. Um, you know, like what was 3d in the era of like, you know, windows 2000. Mm -hmm. And then I also think that there is like the, do you know the artist Lawrence Leck? I do not. Also put put out uh, music releases on uh, hyperdub as well. Uh Um, Someone whose work that I've like kept track of a lot over the years. And like his stuff is a lot more like I, it's funny to peg it by like a video in your mirror, but it feels like PS3 ass stuff. It is very, very actively concerned with um, Orientalism and like mm-hmm. 
the like specifically East Asian conceptions of futurity and design in in futurity, like about like idealized hotels and idealized like um, marketing strategies and marketing videos and essays, the essay form stuff that like folds out of you know specifically Chinese economic like development mm-hmm. practices stuff. Um, but it's like explicitly a lot more glossy, a lot more like in the weeds of the like um, here's the like weird combination of like horribly flat smooth surfaces and uncanny CG spaces with like beautifully rendered 3D trees and stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the the very specific vibe that we started getting in, you know, like 3D technology evolves and certain shaders are great and certain shaders are like still fucking ass. <laughs> and um, we get these like very like weirdly mismatched shapes between, you know, what's organic, what's, you know, mm-hmm. different kinds of hard surface. It's, I'm looking and, at his stuff for no tell here. This looks fucking awesome. Yeah, Notel is, like, I mean, that's an actual picture of someone playing through it, but, like, it replicates mm-hmm. it in the, the 3D world, or, like, the, say the 3D world, the actual world around the player. Like, <laughs> I think I've played a, not that version of it, but there was a, the Notel, a day, there was a, a gallery in East London that did a, did an installation of this that I went to. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it was very much, like, replicating this, like, uh, green underlighting for everything, circular forms smooth surfaces integrate with like industrial stuff but also with like lots of organic plants to like integrate it in this Mm -hmm. very obviously jarring way and like yeah you see the jam city artwork it's like marble surfaces and like sleek motorbike with obvious you know almost jarringly overlit plants and like Mm -hmm. this is the this is the thing it's holding between and like it felt like there was a you know uh, 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 an important moment where uh, like referential aesthetics or digital aesthetics weren't just about you know the digital as actual people remembered it but rather became like the you know what am I actually trying to say I want to be very careful with the choice of words because it's going to start to get to artistic generalizations and I want to actually get it right Um, the word you're looking for in general is swag thank me later swag yeah, so like digital swag. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah. No, 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 no. no. The, um, no the, the, it was like, there was a moment where it stopped being about the digital as like the like content. It started to be like digital forms were just like so fucking pervasive that it was just like understood that they were doing stuff to whatever you were making. At which point, like the, um, uncanniness started to become less of the focus and more of the sort of like background noise within which you did stuff like Lawrence like is talking about like you know economic development and like you know the west's fucked up ideas of china and part Mm -hmm. of that is about uncanniness and digital technologies but a lot of it is just like accentuated by the fact that you know like we are in this space now um Digital technology to just like like digital 3D stuff pervades all the ways we process visual environments now. Mm-hmm. Just like where does this take us? And I like mm, this is going to be the sort of grandiose statement for like where we start with Jam City. Like this is an incredibly like online album. Like yes. we can only understand its reception after the like Mucor uh, resident advisor best new like recommended like ass everyone we know listened to this album and digested something very slightly different from it. 
but also Jam City, uh, Jack Latham himself, was like, I mean, this is this is the other side of it. Is a suburban white kid from London, well, I mean, just outside London even. He's from outside the M25, and that means he's not from London. He's from outside of London. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is me with my London pickaxe, like, waving away the, <laughs> the, the evildoers from the shires. Um, yeah, no, like, he's digesting so many different forms and recombining them in a sort of scattershot like really creative way but fundamentally one that only is possible because like he is not experiencing them in continuity with like whether it's scenes or like like in-person interactions he's experiencing them as like texts in their own right they are things to be mined things to be understood in like deconstructed form and then recombined in ways independent from their sources okay like Mm -hmm. great we understand music on the internet he's also still a suburban white kid (laughs) it's i was um it's a conversation we had before we were recording was because it's i'm not i'm not very familiar with jam city at all i asked alexis if jam city was gay and alexis (laughs) uh alexis said no uh, and I said, no, in fact, friends of friends have met his not gay, otherwise gendered partner. Like he's dating a woman like that. Was a and it's so it's I, it, I immediately realized like it's Jam City is sort of like uh, like a Wes Anderson situation where it's like you listen <laughs> to like or you engage with the sort of output you have where it's like, well, uh, but how did you even come across these ideas like this? Just this yeah. could not this could not have been. And it's, I think we can launch further into, like, the musical sector of it. This album is, like, serving cusp nerd slash cheek cunt so yeah. hard. It's incredible. So, yeah, it's, I mean, like, thing, it's, like, I guess that's what Deconstructed Club is, but I still don't really get it. Yeah, uh, so, I mean, like, the, the, it's just, like, I feel like worms crawling through my skin every time I think about, like, actively using Deconstructed Club as a thing that means anything. Uh-huh. The point for me is that, like, Everything was already deconstructed. The whole point is like it's not like the de- the the onlineness isn't the objects of which we're gawking. We're gawking at like, oh no, why is he choose those and those sounds and why did they work in that particular way? And also like because of his method of like reception and approach and like recombination, like what is his touch doing to it? The onlineness, the quote unquote deconstructedness, isn't like you know the thing that makes a difference. What makes a difference is like who the fuck he is and what he's chosen. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, like, background. He's a fucking art school kid who very much did the muse school thing of, like, pouring through genres as, like, things to dig through, wanted to be completionist about it, and ended up digging through a a lot of just American club music. So East Coast Club, Baltimore Jersey Club, like, Mm Funkhouse, this sort of stuff, like, is a big backbone to what he's been listening to. This is also still the time in the UK where, like, people like Book Book, Kingdom uh in the u.s it would be helix and guzu guzu like there's a big wave of people following similar routes of recombining either the sort of rougher end of house and east coast club with techno and the sort of out spitting bit of dubstep and it's some of my favorite music ever like this is there's a moment that nights like just sort of grasp here that i absolutely fucking adore um Jam City uh, is making. Sorry, go for it. Go for it. Oh no, I was just gonna say. I think there's a there's a very uh, telling moment on. I think it's her, where it's it has it's. I mean, like it's it's got like you know the metal bounce uh, that all of the uh, all the tracks here have. 
but it also it's it keeps turning like what would be normal house chords into like uh like ferraro or early opn arp stuff yes uh and it's like man just leave those alone it's that that shit goes fire but leave that alone chill out yeah so there are just like a couple tells about like what is he doing differently Mm -hmm. and one's exactly that like everything is incredibly played like Mm -hmm. the there it isn't like okay obviously there are like stabs and samples in that but like when he's dealing in musical content he is like taking from a lot of 80s fm synthesis a lot of like very classic like 80s sounds and um playing them like he is writing riffs like her has that like up hook um like that had to be composed that wasn't just like finding the stab in a in a track somewhere sampling it and then like pitching it around as you would if it was a rave track if it was a club track it's just mm-hmm. a very very different approach um i think i just want to go straight there how are relates to the body is in my mind a masterpiece but it's a very strange mm. yeah you you made a mm noise and i no i was ju- i was just nodding like mm-hmm. no i agree yeah um this track fucking rattles um but again, like it rattles in a very particular weird way, which is like the squelchy sirony chords in this are an unusual thing to have in the like at the core of a dance track. This feels so intended and written, and mm-hmm. like it's just this this thing was never deconstructed in the first place. This is some of the most constructed arch, particularly put together dance music you're ever gonna hear. Like this is this is I think the core of the thing. Like he's fucking songwriting, just hiding it in stuff that's like in trad dance music forms often mm-hmm. i mean i mean or even like he's like crowbarring stuff that's almost got song structure into into like dance music sound palettes like it works both ways like how relates to the body clearly is a track with like drops and a sense and things like that but like a lot of this music is like very very neatly packaged and tight and like it's not extended it's like three or four minutes and very very succinct about what it wants to say how it wants to like fucking hit you with it it will drop once it will withdraw reconstitute itself and then drop again like that is the thing it does and if that sounds like uh, like a chorus verse or chorus bridge chorus structure like this isn't mistaking anything like he's making really fucking trad music with a sound palette that is filling out the gaps in like okay yeah like club beats Mm -hmm. with with yeah like really really written stuff and i just think that how it relates to the body just happens to the okay importantly it's the one with the normal kick like you talked about the metallic sounds on her like one of the things i think is most interesting about like i love the transition from her into the chords mm-hmm. but both of those are kicks which are like c- kind of fucked up in some way So her is the one where like the kick is this sort of like metal crunch and like it can tell like if you listen to that on headphones if you just like isolate the bottom end like there's a huge amount of like messy face stuff going on in the bottom end of that track yes. like it is th- this guy fucking loves a flanger this guy loves a flanger and, um, and honestly god bless him for it like it's <laughs> flangers are oh fun. we're bringing flangers back all fucking 2023 2024 till infinity it's so put it on put yeah. it on your master i don't give a shit anymore yeah let it happen <laughs> fucking so do, do we need to do the technical lesson now 
So it's just like, uh, what is a flange and why does everything sound like it's like in a toilet in this record? It's a, okay, so flangers, flangers go like, or it's actually, hang on, we could, we could do this better. It's, we could do a, we could do a Giorgio by Marauder thing where it's, uh, you just put a fling, uh, flanger on me talking right now. Yeah, um, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Where basically it's just, it's, uh, it has something to do with like phase alternation. I'm going to do the craziest shit to your voice there. <laughs> the, yeah, that was just me doing like a really stupid, uh, like, uh, single tone voice. But that sounded very different across multiple uh, points in that. And yeah. that's a flanger. Yeah, the, the technical thing that it is, it's just, it's a delay. It's a, it's a kind of delay. Like you just yeah. like replay a signal like a couple milliseconds later. And based on how long that gap is, you're going to get different interference patterns between the two signals. And that makes it like interfere in ways that have like a particular frequency response. So you get these like very clear notches in where they cancel each other out and like these big resonant peaks. And like, coincidentally this is like very characteristic of the kind of resonances you get when you strike like often metals but like resonant objects that have a, a like a the, the oscillate like they mm -hmm. actually need to like wiggle up and down so when you do that you get this kind of very characteristic um like the tone that it gets that gets produced so often like when you, if you hit sheet metal or something like that you'll get these kind of patterns where depending on what it's attached to how it's attached to whatever it might be this is why, you know, like a lot of the new music often sounds like clangs or like industrial noises is because like what what you're getting the sensation of is stuff that's resonating as a like a physical resonator. And you're like, shit, we talked about it a little tiny bit in the Sakamoto stuff, like a whole school of sound design. Not this isn't one that Jam City is in. Absolutely not. He just fucking loves the sound of making things go boing. He loves everything mm -hmm. where it just fucking that like drenched in this like weird uncanny like like vibrating reverb um and uh like spiky resonant delay but yeah like whole schools of sound design have come out of the desire to like physically model the sounds of like blocks getting hit or like metals getting hit and resonating in particular ways like this is a this is a very well established like lane but yeah what it means when when you get all this interference is you get like complex phase stuff happening phase all you need to know is that if you played that club in a track. Hey everyone, it's Alexis in the editing suite. I'm here to tell you that what I intended to say was track in a club. But what this motherfucker said was club in a track. What a doofus. And now back to the episode. You would confuse a lot of people and probably hurt their ears because people are used to the bottom end of a track being like really solid and focused and centered. And Jam City's processing means that that bottom end is going to be flubby and all over the place and will probably like resonate in strange ways and like fly from one speaker to the other and do bad things to you. And mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a it's a fun, interesting noise, but it's an evil one. It's a it's one that you know harms you, um, but. <laughs> I love it. It's nice. Uh, the chords. True.
Um, this is just like, every kick is also a clap. Everything is reverb to fuck. Um, and it's, you know, semi-simulating that kind of like, very intense, quick, uh, like, slapback sound that you get from, you know, being on a basketball court where you've got this like hardwood surface, like reflecting everything that's happening as your shoes squeak across it. Um, yeah, this album, like, we talked about the artwork. It's full of those like clean, shiny surfaces, but man, it's just full of reflections. It's full of reverb. Mm -hmm. It's full of, it's, it's full of those like tiny little delay tails. And yeah, like, I don't know if we mistake or... I don't think it's a mistake. Like there is something characteristic about that that we read as metallic, that we read as quote unquote smooth. But what is left is like a ton of messiness and complexity in the sound field that just like you could choose to tidy up and it really, really isn't on this record. It's a splashy record. Yeah. Uh, it's, I have lots of uh, track by track notes here. Yeah, yeah uh, hit some, hit some. It's, uh, it's, I mean, backseat the intro, backseat becomes a zone has uh, a noise at the start that sounded like a dog barking in the distance in like my left ear. Uh, and I was like, fuck you. That yeah, it's, it sounds like either like a like a storage locker door like getting hit or like a dog barking. And I was like, shut down. Um, no, stop it. Yeah. Uh, which noise. is a way to clue you into the fact that there may be more happening on this album than you anticipate, Buchanan. Um... <laughs> Uh, Love is Real is kind of almost too stupid for me, I think. Yeah, 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 agreed. It's, uh, it's, uh, I, it's, I don't want to call it, sorry, it's, I'm like leaning into my mic here. It's, I don't want to call it, uh, like a filler song, but it's, it's doing too much. It's, 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 it's too restless and like, it's almost kind of like whiny. Um... But it's, I was just listening. It's to be clear, I liked this record well enough. I want to, I feel like I haven't been very clear with that. Um, you know, it's all you Jam City heads, don't, uh, don't, don't come after me. But, uh, like, don't worry, quite a few people I know have grudges against this record or ambivalent complex relationships with it now, so it's fine. It's, no, yeah, Love is Real is like, is seven minutes long, and it's, there was already like better, like, sound staging stuff already yeah, happening in club, that moment. Club Vans is doing this, but much more interesting and much mm -hmm. more, much less over sentimentally. It's like, it's if I wanted to, yeah, it's, I was going to do something. I'm just going to say something like mean and inarticulate, but <laughs> say uh, something mean, but slightly more articulate. <laughs> it's okay. If I wanted to listen to a song that like would mostly freak me out i listened to like that 20 second period on apex twin formula where it's a guy going like um so fuck you champ city fuck you champ city go to hell it takes uh, seven minutes to do what other people can do in 20 seconds god damn yeah. it be more efficient come on uh but it's, I was like, oh my goodness, what is going on here? Uh, who is, uh, fucking, uh, who is, uh, singing on, uh, it's like second last track. I'm blanking on the name right now. Oh, sorry. The nightlife. Yeah. Some main attractions. I don't know much about them as a group, but apparently main attractions are a rap duo from North Oakland. 
It's, I, oh, I think th- this album like really falls off for me in like, like those last like three tracks yeah, or so. Cause I, not I heard, a, it's not a good end. I heard that guy say, beam me up Scotty. Guy. And then it's, I went for a walk. It's I it's, you can't do that to me. Yeah. It's, I, I think honestly, I feel like the cusp point of the record for me is like, uh, like it's, I love, I love Hyatt park nights and how we relate to the body, but I think bad BAD is like mm. the perfectly like it gets to the heart of like, you know, it's like sort of like strange worship. And it also gets that like uh, 2010s, like Sega Genesis uh, base reconstructivism in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I would love to see it's, somebody remake this uh, like on a Yamaha or something. And then so <laughs> put it in, you put it in like a Sonic fan game. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah, good. Uh, I mean, it's it's got that very very classic character. Classical curve zone, and you're going through like the the like Hyatt Whoa. Business Park or whatever. Yo, Fucking damn it! This would have been that. such a good idea like ten years ago. Fuck. It would have been a really good idea ten years ago. <laughs> But yeah, oh. the um, the it's got the fucking down sampled like buzz at the top end of the sound that just like oh mm-hmm. sends, um, it makes my shoulders do funny things. But yeah, like it's you could cool. end this track, I... end this track after Hyatt Parks, and I wouldn't miss the last three tracks honestly. Yeah, like it's it's. <laughs> I I didn't want to. It's it's uh it's uh, to say yeah, just cut these tracks out and you have a good album about like a record that's like so immensely canonical. Yeah, <laughs> Seems yeah, yeah, like yeah. really glib. Um, and it's, I don't even really believe that, eh, but no, I mean, like, I mean, like I, I get what they're there for. I don't uh-huh. love them nearly as much as the other stuff, which like has yes. hooks into my and soul. It's... Like I, I'm trying to make stuff that makes my, I'm trying to make how we relate to the body every single time I sit in front of a computer. Like that's the <laughs> thing I'm trying to do. Can I, it's, you can also, the, there are also, it's like, if there are moments that you like on this to come back to like the move flow chart thing, just go listen to Sophie. Like, yeah. So, mm, so okay, so interesting one. A sure. couple things. So, Sophie is a master of the flanger. Like, yep. Like, Sophie is the person. She is the one who like captured the sort of like in between space between like physical modeling and uh like uncomfortable clangy, um, over resonating sounds. And like twisted them and had deliberate control over them in a way that like pretty much no one else has had. Like no one has like done the artfulness of this kind of sound design. It Sophie does not make stuff that is wet and like sloppy in the way that this record is. It hasn't got the tails and shit. Like mm-hmm. she fucking nips and tucks every single tail as she wants them. They like mm-hmm. get slubbed up back into the back into the body of the sound. She also just doesn't seem to like the eighties. Um, she's the Jam City fucking okay. Yeah, that's true. It's James Jam City's like stuff would further go into like eighties. Like it's you start hearing guitars on Jam City albums like made after like twenty sixteen. Well, fucking bad is like it. I think bad has got one of those things where like okay, he's got the Sega Genesis like brain drill uh baseline mm-hmm. but like what's filling the space it's like fucking slap bass guitar and things like that uh-huh um you, you're getting those kind of classic fm plucks through the rest of the record and like um when i say yeah this record is full of songwriting 
I think it's just like every single moment that could be filled in a songwriting-y way is done so and in like it's drawing from basically fucking a new wave pa sound palette and mm -hmm. then what he goes away and does is write an album called dream of garden which is full of like yeah still crunchy textures and a lot of the same sounds but fundamentally is just like a bunch of new wavy pop songs like it's yeah like a slightly rougher and grittier version of that and like one that isn't using a drum kit it's using the sort of like crunchy again like he's taken the sound design in different places it's no longer the like metal version of resonant it's the sort of like washy white noisy crunch of like more heavy distortion but controlled a bit like mm -hmm. it's a different kind of record but fundamentally like you listen to it and you hear a pop record rather than a dance record but you pick it very slightly and you will hear so many sounds in common between the two and so many like attitudes in terms of arrangement that are really really held in common so mm -hmm. yeah um and then he just goes off and like writes a bunch of pop stuff for anyone from like little yachty to i can't remember what other like credits he's picked up by now but like a lot of big ones um yeah he's just like a producer guy now um <laughs> but yeah so like the like who else can you listen to to get this kind of stuff like on the one hand like the other night slugs people like were in this vicinity but were leaning in other directions like if you go listen to jam city did a lot of work with kalala for example and mm -hmm. the like i mean it's like it's jam also did some stuff on uh by the time i get to phoenix as well yeah 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 that pops up on there like the the ability to like carve away enough stuff until basically you're just like a producer for an r&b record is just like a testament to like how much was learned after this point but like that's not the thing that makes this record distinct like mm -hmm. the thing that like i think people were always gripping onto was the that like you know a, a sparse arrangement but like fizzy like overactive um drums so like go listen to jersey club or go listen to rusty that those are my two suggestions mm -hmm. um both of which just like clear points of reference for this record in other senses but like yeah no everyone else just like I, it's not that they took different lessons but like we all grew up after this record and it clearly left a massive mark on the culture but yeah the other thing i was gonna say is sophie's a city kids uh, this record reads is so fucking suburban it's so yes, funny absolutely I, I, i've had this like i'm not gonna say fight but this like little people having bugbears around this that like now there, there is a, a kind of like, I don't know, irre like irreverence isn't a bad thing. People do fun things like throwing together musical forms all the time. But this reads art school kid so fucking hard. Yes. And it reads specifically the kind of art school kid who's like arrived at the big city with some ideas about what suburban alienation is like. It's, it's, ah, uh, it, it kind of, I mean, hey, I say this is like, uh, the caught between the su suburban and then also like i'm five minutes from a london my home is like five ten minutes from a london tube station i'm in the city the whole time like i'm very much a city kid but i understand the sort of like oh everything's so weird and uncanny out here we're driving down like se uh, center roads where like life is happening outside the cars went fucking oh i remember what i needed to do i have in front of me the gatefold lp of classical curves with a quote just above the credits reading Two places up from Park West, open zones in the orange light to glide through. Drones hum by, 
and something metal claws at your leg as the sky continues to burn pink. Like, there's, I don't know, man. Uh, viewers at home, you can't see this due to the limitations of the podcast medium. I was, uh, I, had, I had my uh, hand clasped almost in like a Lego minifig motion, and I was uh, uh, shifting it up and down at my elbow axis to indicate that I was uh, wanking a fake dick. Yeah, yeah. This is this is someone who's like got in their heads a huge amount of like substantive material about you know like city and urbanized living, but mm -hmm. fundamentally he's doing it from the perspective of an outsider and a kind of gawking outsider at that. And like mm -hmm. there's there's something of that sense of alienation that just sort of like weaves through the whole record. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't like it massively, but also it's really important and informative for me. And that kind of like. Inside, well, I mean, like it's, that's just that's just where the like the critical electronic thinking space was in the 2010s and i, I feel yeah, like we've yeah, yeah, yeah. i feel like Everyone we've really launched so far past that in uh markedly better ways um yeah, just because like you'd people, have to <laughs> yeah no fucking the queers are making distinctly queer music in ways that are still like very much a redigestion of you know east coast club and dubstep and you know the, the the were various bits of house and techno but like they're doing it in a way that doesn't feel like a spectator sport and i love this record i love it to death and it was really formative but also like it's got that sort of double thing coming on all the way through it it's a very mm -hmm. very uncanny feeling but like uncanniness is exactly where this album like thrives like this is a this is an album that needed to like crystallize a particular weird moment and that one that i'm glad that everyone like took digested and like made that own it in much more like summative ways but i still think mm -hmm. it's, it's got some moments that are just fucking incredible again yeah. because it's so written it's it's so particular about what it is and it's like a hiding a new wave album inside like just it's very strange <sighs> are we are we we tapped on jam city beam me up scotty um yeah i mean we already did cover watch uh i said what i wanted to say yeah i I, th I feel like we're gucci it's go listen to classical curves if you haven't by the way um, Yeah, just it's like, a, like make make it simple for yourself listen to the first eight tracks of classical curves and then uh do not get beamed up scotty exactly uh there's there is also um there is also a huge uh it adds like like 15 more tracks onto the track listing the anniversary with like extended dub versions of everything yeah like um, he he did a bunch of edits or a bunch of remixes it's, there's some fun stuff hiding in there yeah it's a go check that out as well if you're looking for something a little more like it's there's there's a more straightforward presentation of like you know discussions of dance music in those songs which i think is uh yeah it's is it's less artsy and more like it feels more in the moment uh just like having like longer tracks like that yeah the other thing that the other thing uh, the nice looks at in general though was have a club construction series which was just a bunch of eps of their producers doing non-long format doing you know between four and six track releases making toolsy stuff like i will probably mm -hmm. just like it's unfortunate jam city took a lot of his stuff off of night slugs i think because of publishing reasons he's now off doing a lots of fun with mages um and maybe just doesn't want this like front and center in his own discography but like the raven is one of my favorite tracks and i still have this in my like weapons folder 
it's... I was gonna. It's I. I want to throw bed out. Uh, sorry, bad out sometime. I feel like that'd be pretty yeah. fun. Just like it just yeah, yeah, yeah. it's uh, like throw a dizzy acapella over it. Um, exactly. Just yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. let let people react to that while I go find something that's like one fifty five BPM or whatever. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like so. I mean, like this has still got the sort of like slightly uncomfortable, slightly out of spacey rattle to it, but just in a much more like functional form. But there mm -hmm. are also just like. Helix guys just a fucking delight on Twitter as well as being an incredible producer and like track titled one is off his own cop construction series and it's just like a complete model for how you do this in a completely upfront like no you know no obfuscation and also no distance kind of way I love no, this track. absolutely yeah I think this track is perfect as well but I mean, this is the the spinous stuff that people were doing in this moment is like, yeah, really varied between stuff that is like as, you know, in your face, like unmediated and like in the club scene as Helix is through to Jam City, like pulling all the punches very deliberately to make space for like maybe being an artsy art school new wave wanker in there mm -hmm. which is a very compelling and interesting thing in its own right but just a very strange <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> all right with all that said is it time to move on i think so all uh right. so boo what have you brought to this episode i have brought uh john glacier's uh debut record executive produced by vegan shiloh lost for words um yeah it's honestly it's this is uh this is a record with uh it's even like non-comparatively much less um uh much less like uh pizzazz or like backstory to it uh it's a uh, you know it's i feel like uh not to center the whole story on vegan but it's he's he's the kind of guy that like makes scenes just by like giving somebody a shot. Um, like it's he's always floated around like that, uh, like that Mika Levy, uh, like Dean Blunt sphere. And uh, it's he uh, he found this uh, this he found this girl, John Glacier on SoundCloud. Uh, she is like the best fucking SoundCloud titles, uh, like SoundCloud song names ever. Like it's they're they're like single sentences and shit. It's so funny. Let me see if we can uh, find some examples. Yeah, let's uh, let's uh, let's let's run through some of these. Uh, hang on, it's a, one from a year ago. is just called "Lull High." <laughs> uh, uh, let's go. Uh, a child was sad, so I made this in front of her to make her laugh. Uh, that's a that's a pretty good. One. That's a song that makes a kid giggle. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, like it's, uh, it's, uh, she's always floated around like the same sort of sphere of conversation. Sorry, not the same sort of sphere of conversation, but the same sort of like sphere of artists that vegan has had. And it's, they've, uh, they've, they've known each other for a little bit. And then it's, uh, they just decided to make a record together. And that's pretty much our, uh, our intro here. It's uh John yeah. Glacier makes like really, um, uh teeny tiny intimate like bloopy songs and then uh this is sort of this is sort of giving that like a slightly broader scope but 
not enough to like make it feel like uh, a like rehearsed debut record or anything. Uh, yeah, Alexis, what do you think of Shiloh? Yeah, I fucking love this record too. <laughs> This record's like again. There's a there's a line in Trelawney Waters which I will pull up and quote directly, so I'm not misquoting it. Norwood is another suburb in South London that is a slightly different one from the one that Jam City grew up in. Jam City's like reaching back to the like heyday of like local clubbing in your small commuter town that's kind of grim and that you know has its own like i remember sorry i've gone back to the previous conversation but it's stuck in my head now he's talked about in interviews like the idea like pervading through his new stuff that like when you're in the back of a rented limo you feel like a fucking like million fucking dollars and then everyone looking at you from the outside sort of thinks you're pathetic but you still feel <laughs> fucking amazing but like this is it's so weird because these feel in so close contact to each other. Like the the baby father, like um, 
vegan Mika Levy, like going all the way towards Frank Ocean stuff. Like, yes, the, the, the like continuity of like, um, slightly wrecked pop music, um, is in such close contact to that, like suburban unself-aware stuff, but it's so in its own head about it. Like Mm -hmm. it's talking about the same suburbs, but talking about the sort of like, like noxious feeling of commuting back in and in and out and that the feeling about when you're in the club as i mean we just we gotta fucking talk about if anything we gotta fucking talk about if anything this is the flip side (laughs) if if trelawney waters is to like trudge on a sunday morning then if anything is like the friday night that you're regretting and sweating out two days later (laughs) it's uh i wanted to uh it's I would love for you to uh, just start playing, if anything, when you said, I fucking love this record. Uh, just yeah, like get that. The, get that like hit vibes, almost drum break moment on there. But uh, oh, oh, my God. <laughs> no, if anything is fucking awesome. If anything, I'm obsessed with. So just a, a sort of like it's another track which is all sorts of fucked up phase issues but the reason this one's got all sorts of fucked up phase issues is i think because on the master bus to this is a plugin called soothe 2 if i'm not mistaken i'm speculating here but i'm just i think this is what's happening and soothe 2 is a uh, is a plugin that's designed to find dynamically find resonances and tune them out so often like if you record a drum in a room which is like like squawks were at like 200 uh, 2000 hertz or something like that like you've got this like nice drum shape with like a strong fundamental and the like ringing like top end of the drum but like oh there's this weird sound because it hits the wall in a certain way and like it hits the that gets back to the microphone and like oh it barks a bit at 200 we don't want that frequency and it's not that we want to like make it less exciting and active in that like upper mid-range we want it to be like present but we just need to like cut out that one resonance and that's what soothe is for it's a plugin that will like understand the resonant patterns in a sound and be able to like dip them dynamically and that's really good for like managing vocals i sometimes use them on podcast vocals or like recorded uh singing tracks to like uh, like stop them from picking up too much the character of a room or too much the character of a microphone sometimes i use them as creative effects because they can often like hammer transients in a very interesting way and what happens if you just fucking turn it up to 11 and smash the whole track through it or at least the whole instrumental through yeah. it yeah is you end up with a sort of washy effect where it's catching every single impact or every single like active moment in the in the song is an opportunity for the for the um for the dynamic like uh, resonance like equalizer well it's basically an equalizer like a very resonant equalizer to grab onto everything and just smash it into the ground and so you end yeah. up with this thing that just like sounds watery as fuck because the phase relationships between everything are completely fucked by these really extreme EQs and you have a situation where like you're getting really really sudden volume changes everywhere which give this like almost like washy sound there's like different bits of the sound that come up and down it's mental it's fucking great it's so uncanny and with this vocal processing with this lyrics like oh my god this track is incredible ah yeah also it's a it's she's rapping her ass off on a lot of this Mm. Uh, like it's going straight into icing ice it's icing's uh hook has been stuck in my head like at least like once a week for the last two years yeah it's honestly it's weird like if anything is the track where like she pairs back the the really really on point like 
like lyrical trickery stuff. Like there is a mm -hmm. there's a sense in some of in some of the rest of the record that like she's always got a really fucking witty turn of phrase. If anything's the one where it's just like, oh no, we're fucking mentally wrecked <laughs> But the rest of the record, you're right, she's just like fucking on on for a lot of it. There's a there's a such a, a keen like wit about the rapping. I just really fucking appreciate. Sorry, it's I'm I'm just I'm just going back and listening to icing, and it's I real like it's when I die I want uh, vegan synth hits to be playing. Oh my god, it's like it's the these ones in particular they're just like skipping over the beat. It's so fun. Like, uh, which, sorry, which on you're icing? About the, oh, the uh, and icing. Which is, yeah. I mean, I mean, this yes. again, just another. This is a great moment of just like beat songwriting where like. This is like just incredible voice leading on the end of the like the, the, the fourth note of the arpeggio is just doing really, really beautiful voice leading. Like if this was just block chords, it would be a really well written block chord part. But right mm -hmm. now it's just like this like bubbly disorienting like mess that I, yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, and yeah, like uh, Cryptomnesia is like the one that pushes more towards recognizable grime forms almost. Mm -hmm. um, and you, you can feel like there's a bit of that like muscularity like hiding in some of this record it's not uh it's not there for everything like this is one that's actually co-produced by a guy from lewisham called tn490 like there is a there is a kind of like a sense of threat hiding in only tiny bits of this record like trelawney waters is not that whatsoever trelawney waters is like stuck in your flat on a sunday afternoon or sunday morning like sweating at the night before mm -hmm. um like it's uh, I use the word noxious a lot, but like the the way that the baseline gets is absent for most of the track, and then just sort of appears as this sort of like reverb, not reverb, reversed suctiony noise at the end of the track. Yeah. It just sort of like enters, slides in, and just like ah, oh, feels like it's fucking pulling you out of the world. Um, yeah, the the detailing on this record is so good. It's so so good. <sighs> um, in terms of like reference points, like it does this sound like stuff you recognize? Because there were again a couple of like very important like, oh, this is bringing me back to other moments kind of feelings that I got on this record. I just want to check like, did, do you have like a reference point for this? Does this feel like a thing that you recognize? What on like Trelawney or something or no? I mean any other points? Just like oh, honestly, it's. Uh... <laughs> It's, I would have to say, like, it's, uh, Endless is probably, like, uh, a good, but it's, like, Vegan also did production on that, so fuck me, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. it's, yeah, yeah. uh, I would just be pointing to another head on that man's Cerberus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, no, yeah, but, I mean, like, it's, like, it's, yeah, like, it's, I feel like it's totally a sound, like, these two are totally keyed into. Yeah, and, it's weird, like, so, it's funny, because... I started hearing more and more affinity the longer that we sat with these two records and was thinking about the little moment that, that, that like, Jam City was working out of. It's Mount Kimby and James Blake. Those are the two for me. Um, Ooh, sure, yeah. So, one of the sounds that they keep coming back to is this, like, incredibly low-pass, almost signy, but, like, overdriven signy pad. It's like you'll get bits of it on... Um, no more left like it's at the final track. Mm -hmm. 
where like the 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 pad part is like I'm guessing soars, but like really, really low pass down to like 400 hertz or something like that. There are moments in uh, sensors, I think, someone pulled up. Yeah, with these like really triangle wave lead lines, with the with the incredibly static, like completely, completely flat pads underneath. That that screams to me. Um, I am expecting a King Cruel vocal to come on the top of that from the uh, second second man Kimmy record. <laughs> the um, king kinker on this song would be like big suit falling around <laughs> that is what kinker would be like <laughs> but yeah um but yeah just like the the like very deliberate stylized simplicity and using the like flatness of the sound as like a source of tension and anxiety even while it's been really lyrical like that combo is something that like screams like yeah um the the that like little hole of early james blake and also mount kimby that again feels like it must be the the kind of stuff that they've been digesting as like people who are straddling the extremely written but like dance music literate um sounds of you know the last 10 years of london basically and it's just really mm -hmm. funny to have them right next to like crooks and lovers is 2010 uh cold spring faultless youth is 2013 like this is this is like a full decade old, but it still feels like you can use that sound really, really like purposefully and really like, mm -hmm. and still with a lot of, yeah, I, there's a lot of anxiety and a lot of like fear hiding in this record. And a lot of it comes from this sound design, which is in various sounds like kind of like boozy platoon. It almost gets into that sort of like teamsy wobbly, like overblown sample territory and like, okay, that's got its own sense of like being a bit on top of you. But yeah, the, the, the the the, the Mount Kimby sounds are good. I like the Mount Kimby sounds. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> uh, <laughs> honestly, oh, like it's yeah, it's I don't have a whole lot to write vis-a-vis -vis this. It's I just I just like this record a lot. That's uh that is as far as I think I can take it uh, in terms of like critically discussing it. Yeah. Uh, Green Elf, sorry, Green Elvet's freestyle goes fucking crazy. I just need to point that one out as well. Yeah, that's this is like, like, this was almost giving me Eve Chima, Eve Chima recollections, like in a very yeah. It's way. like it's that uh that like it's the uh, the guitar that's in the background is like getting so filtered it just turns into another like vegan type bass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which I always think is really funny. Oh man. Sorry, that's. A, <laughs> I think that's all I got. Unless we want to go yeah. to cover watch. Yeah, I don't know. I, just there's something about the like, the ease and simplicity by which she says really fucking devastating things. Yes, like, absolutely. I just, just, I, I pulled up the the looks of being like very witty earlier, and just like that's true, it's true. And then I remembered what on, on formulation is like, and I'm just like, oh yeah, that one can fucking floor you. It is a tiny mm -hmm. little track that has an incredible beat and will just have me like muttering damage running deeper than the catacombs in Paris for the next like year. It's uh, what's, I mean on timing, there's that just like, uh, like, <laughs> yeah, she, it's, uh, it's like, it, it feels, it feels super like, it's personal is weird because I think it's, but it's, it's not, 
personal, but it's not like disaffected either. Yeah, I guess it's, it's an incredibly postured kind of like. Mm, I'm not, it's not alienation. I think it's just sadness and damage and hurt. I think, like, yeah, I think it is just kind of sad. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna use. I'm gonna run my mouth slightly here. Um, so I've been reading a book with a reading group because I'm the kind of person who goes and reads academic books in my free time. Mm -hmm. um, that talked about Claudia Rankin's "Don't Let Me Be Lonely," which is a book that I have not read. A piece of work that I've not read, um, but just like provided me with this incredible image of someone like lazily daydreaming, like having a fight with your family, feeling like you're fucking going nowhere and then like going to the top of your apartment building like this is in the states but whatever mm -hmm. and um dangle like sitting on the side of the building with your legs dangling off the side just sort of staring at the staring at the clouds and that people slowly start gathering at the foot of the apartment building because they think you're about to jump off and you're like no <laughs> like, i wasn't i wasn't about to jump off but like would it matter one way or the other like there's this like the the kind of state where like the proximity of death, the proximity of like real damage just sort of just becomes a wash that's integrated into your normal like day to day. Like mm -hmm. the, the like, I'm not going to try and overburden it with fancy words, but just like that proximity of just like, just like badness, that proximity of like real hurtness, just living like directly in the same vicinity of like all the, all the like really gripping, really intense, really present emotional experiences. It's like something that just, I don't know, I was reading them, reading that at the same time as I listened to this and I was feeling a very similar kind of just like, oh, this, this thing is really comfortable with hurt. This thing is really comfortable with like damage in a way that is like <laughs> quite unsettling, but really, really like compelling to me at least. Don't know if that connects. Maybe it does. Maybe it does. No, I, I totally feel you. I feel you. Um, yeah. Should we cover watch it? Yeah, um, so it's, uh, at the time of uh, picking this record, I, I had just assumed that only, it's, like, it's, as is the case with, uh, most Please Make It Ruins records, it's Noah Baker, uh, graphic designer, one of my favorites, and Vegan just would have, uh, worked on this, but apparently some stuff from Jim Joe is on this record as well, uh, Jim Joe, like, the, uh, New York artist. Uh, it's uh, did uh, if you're reading this, it's too late. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, the artwork for Saint Pablo, like the little doodle of Kanye in the ski mask. Um, like, and it's like often just like graffitiing uh, his own name or just like stuff on other things. It's he's an accomplished artist as well, but it's his most of his stuff seems to be like uh quote unquote um defacing uh stuff or just like drawing on surfaces uh to indicate like a tag it uh mm -hmm. like a tagging of it or something um and it's uh it looks like he did like uh, the more illustrative stuff and then it was Noah and Vegan who like cleaned it up and did the vinyl release it's i have no idea if he did the angel depicted on the cover here but uh i mean it says cover by i have to assume he did it's yeah i guess he'd have to um but it's uh you know it's i feel like it's you know uh having like the rappers that jim joe has done stuff for be kanye drake and then john glacier is uh is a very um it's powerful 
Yes, that's that that's very very powerful. Um you know, uh and it's honestly I feel like it's uh John's work fits uh Jim's uh like uh affecting but like quick output as well. Yeah. Um this this feels like something that influences uh um like Please make it ruins and like uh, Noah's output more than it doesn't. I think mm-hmm. like it's there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so many sleeves that just feel like this. So it feels uh, it feels very natural for all of them to come together, despite how shocking reading that name was on the board for uh-huh. me. Uh, amazing. Yeah. Uh, really good cover. And it's a really cool vinyl and like uh, slip mats and stuff as well. Go look those up uh, yeah. and go. Uh, also, shout outs to Noah Baker. Uh, one of probably one of, if not my favorite working designer right now. Um, just like it's endlessly creative and imaginative. Uh, fucking so awesome. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <sighs> are we, are we cooked? Is this goose cooked? Yeah. I don't know. It's, I feel like, I don't think there's anything else I want to say. No, nah, no. Nah, it's um, just interesting good records interesting good records it's as always listen to these if you haven't uh like it's they're they're really good it's we should should we do a who the fuck is vegan one day it's it's on the candidate list 100 yes yeah we we Um, would i feel like we'd have to do like blonde or endless before we do vegan i think so we uh, back in the day, Autumn and I did the post endless. Yeah, you did the you did the blonded radio stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And vegan, I'm sure, like emerges in bits of that, but also it sort of skirted around endless quite a lot because it was like that was the thing where the reception was like always contoured by like, okay, what's not in blonde? It's this whole like massive stuff that feels some way, sometimes throwaway, sometimes really deliberately statementy, sometimes like a real like left turn and change the direction thing, but like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. But also just like Dean Blunt and Baby Father and Inga Copeland and people like that. It's just like that's another side to this that is like hanging in the background whenever I think about him as well. Where like I don't know their discography well enough, even though like I fucking tweeted out the Baby Father joke a couple of days ago that I was immensely proud, of. <laughs> far too proud for my own good of. Um, but like some of his stuff has just been incredibly, incredibly important to me personally without me ever really feeling like I've got a handle on what is happening in it. It's a mm-hmm. funny, strange feeling. And I'm kind of at that point with Vegan, despite him being a slightly more legible like artist and producer. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that'll be a fun one. But he's, oh, yeah. he's been on the list. He will still be on the list. <sighs> uh, do we have picks lined up for next we week? We don't have picks, but we do have a guest. <gasps> we do! I said next Dude. week when it's exactly. it's like like we don't take like a month and a half to record episodes. Uh, we, we, we're building a stock up. We'll come back to this. And either way, we're we, building a stock uh, up. we are all going to be busy through the month of August and we'll be back. Yeah. I'm going on vacation. September. Hell yeah. So am I. But yeah, we'll be back probably in early September featuring friend of the show, Hannah Yellow. Yeah, love Hannah. So thank you all for listening. Until then. Bye!